Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome. I'm your host, Shannon Russell, and joining me for our conversation on abundance is Angela Silva, Vanessa, and Martha Levi. We welcome you today, ladies. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Vanessa. Hi, I'm Vanessa Stanfill. I'm a mother of five children, and we live in Orem, Utah. I homeschool my five kids. I run a local women's group to mentor homeschooling mothers. I teach at a local high school co-op, and our family is really involved in local organization refugee work. Wonderful. Thank you. Martha, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I uh, am married to Alan Levi. My name is Martha Levi, and we have 10 children. We own a family business. We have a sourdough bakery called Abigail's Oven. I was homeschooled all of my life, and I homeschool my 10 kids. My kids are aged from 23 to age four. I love trees, flowers, mountains. I love to read. I am a mountain flower girl just at heart. Most of the time, my husband and my children are my besties. I love to study theology and religion. I love to study women's issues. The Barbie movie is my current favorite movie. And I love to travel and have adventures. And I'm learning that the greatest adventure is learning to love people. So that's a little bit about me. Thank you, Martha. Very interesting. And Angela, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? These two are hard to follow. I am a mom of eight kids, eight boys. That's kind of my claim to fame, I guess. I've been homeschooling for about 17 years. My kids are 29 to nine. So we didn't start that journey right away, but here's where we are. I am involved in a homeschool co-op, actually the same one that these ladies attend. And help with and teach with. And I had, I actually was a member of big ocean five or six, seven years ago. So I just find myself, I keep myself busy doing whatever comes my way, I guess. Well, we welcome all of you. Thank you for taking the time with us today. This is actually a really exciting series. It's going to be in two parts. So our first part, we are talking about abundance and maybe the challenges that we might face as mothers and as women during this time of year, during the holidays. And then the second part, we'll kind of, you know, talk about some solutions. Whenever you guys have something to say, just please, please feel free to. But what are some experiences you have had or challenges that you've had in having the mindset of abundance during this time of year? And we'll start with Vanessa. Well, when I was told that we were going to be talking about abundance today, I started thinking about its opposite scarcity and I just thought what are the things in our community and our culture right now that we are facing scarcity and since we live in America and we live in a fairly prosperous blessed area we have sufficient for our needs but I just see in my own community a real lack of a sense of community there's a lot of loneliness 
a sense of isolation, even in the midst of other people, partly because we have such a digital world. And I think that's something that can really affect us during the holiday season where we're focusing on what other people are doing and we're focusing on things that are happening in the digital world, but it's easy to lose track of the meaningful things that should be going on in our own home, in our own immediate social circle, in our own community. All right. I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you during, I feel like all times of the year, we kind of struggle with this, this balance of scarcity and, and abundance, but we feel it more at this time of year or can, I should say. And in addition to that, it's kind of interesting to note that we live in a world that we have everything at our fingertips, right? Like technologies at our fingertips. We're able to do this interview. We're all in different parts of, of the area and aren't able to meet face to face. And yet we still feel this, this loneliness so often when we have so much technology at our, at our fingertips. Does anyone else have anything else they want to add to that? Well, I was just thinking, so abundance is the opposite of scarcity, right? It's having enough and more. So I found myself thinking, what do I want in my life right now that I have enough and more? What do I want overflowing that's really going to bless my life and make this a meaningful time for me and my family? I'm excited to talk more about that. Martha or Angela, what challenges might you face at this time of year with feeling abundance in your life? or those that you love or that you know? So I mentioned that we run a bakery. At Christmas time, when it, when you have a family business, you get all the overtime you want. <laughs> and so there's lots uh, going on. And, and our business in the past really has been a family business. The kids have come in, the little kids would come in and do their homeschool workbooks, the older kids, we were all doing everything at the beginning. And and that, that time of year was really difficult because we were all working together to support the family as a family. And that's kind of unique, a unique thing for where we live. I know you have listeners from all over the world and in other countries, people are probably, that's probably more of a reality for them that they're all together working every day to just to put food on the table. And so it's the scarcity feeling, it can be really, was really strong for us during those times, because not only are we not able to do all the fun things that everyone around us are doing, but you feel like you're really depriving your kids of normal childhood stuff. And it, it wasn't like we were working all the time, but it was a lot working together. And so that feeling can kind of be really paralyzing that you don't have control over what's going on. And all you can do is just put your head down and plow forward and work and work. And like, there's no end to the work and it's just going to keep going and going and going. And so that can just feel really paralyzing and like I'm ruining my children's lives. And, and, you know, those feelings you get as a mom that can be a little overwhelming. And so it's not like that anymore. Our business grew and we have, you know, 25 employees and our kids still work when they want to as employees uh, and everything. But, but I, you know, though that feeling of there's never going to be a change. <laughs> I just see this path ahead of me of nothing but work, 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 work. And when are we going to have the joy of just not having this pressure um, on us anymore? And so that that has, those have been some of the things that I've struggled with at this time of the year. 
So I don't know if we want to talk about how things get better yet, but those are definitely things that have, have been on my plate. Um, so. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about how things get better, Martha. I'm interested, um, before we move to Angela, is how your children felt. Like, have, did they express the same types of concerns that um, you maybe struggled with at this time of year? So, so yes, there was just a lot of pressure because there was not a lot of time. There was not a lot of time for me to help them. So we were doing things we were involved in in Aspire Scholar Academy that these other women are involved in. And they were doing things, but I didn't have the time to really help them and to nurture them. And they were kind of left like, you know, to manage on their own and still work in the bakery. And so, yes, I think there was a feeling that they didn't have space to ask for help or to complain um, because we were in a state where we couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't change it at the moment. Looking back, I think I wish I would have been more open with them to say, uh, I know this is a hard time and see, I'm going to get emotional, but, but we're doing our best and we love you. And it's, I just wish I had been more open with them. I was so stressed out of my mind and I felt so much guilt that I felt like I couldn't even talk to them about it. And now I would just, I would just be more open and say, just say it how it is. This stinks. <laughs> it's not going to be like this forever. And I know this is not the way you see your other uh, people around us don't live this way. And I know there may be a lot of comparisons, but we have a lot of awesome things. You get to work with your family. Lots of families, their dad goes off to work. They never see him. They don't see what he does. You're with us all the time. And sometimes that's not as fun, but we we really, we were able to build a really strong bond as a family. And I just wish I would have acknowledged that and pointed that out as we were going so that it's something that at the time they could have, we just would have been open and talking and acknowledging all of their feelings and the hardness and yet pointing out the things we can be grateful for. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for being so candid with your feelings. Angela, it looks like you wanted to add to the conversation. Yeah, I was just thinking um, that in a lot of ways, the difference between abundance and scarcity can be um, perspective, right? So in the same way that Martha was saying, she wished that she could have said, look, we don't have this, but we have this. I Just this morning, I was thinking, about two things. One is it's my, it's one of my son's birthdays today. And I was saying to my husband, I never, this kid, I have never given him a present he actually likes. I don't know how to do that. And I felt so kind of just kind of discouraged by that because I just can't figure it out. And he is old enough now. He has his own career. He doesn't really he doesn't even really need something from me. But I realized as I was driving other kids around today that he gifts are actually his love language. And so once I put that together, I realized, oh, I can give him the things that he needs or wants in some ways. There are other things. He loves hearing how awesome he is. And he, he's really good at 
he he calls us. He's 26 today and he calls us every week and I make time for that. And so where I could focus on the scarcity mentality of I am never enough in this one area, I then if I switch it around and think, oh, there's another way to have abundance with him. That works, if that makes sense. But the other thing I was thinking about was when I was when I was a kid, my parents were married. There were my, my mom had four of us, and they quickly had another child in about nine months. And two years in, my dad was getting his PhD, and my mom was getting her bachelor's degree. So there was not, there really wasn't any money. And we all talk about this one Christmas where um, our presents were. I got a jar of pickles. Two of my siblings got ketchup and one sibling got some cereal. Then it was all our own. And that is one of our favorite, favorite Christmases. We always talk about that. So out of this time when I'm sure my parents felt like we have nothing to give these kids, they actually turned it into this abundant experience that has lasted. Those memories have lasted almost 40 years now. So. That's so beautiful, Angela. Yes, Vanessa. I love that story, Angela. I was thinking along that same lines, I think one of the areas of scarcity that I feel during the holidays, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in this conversation in this boat, is that I have a broken family where my parents are no longer married and I have various sets of step-siblings and half-siblings and hither and thither. And so sometimes during the holidays, it's just really sad for me that I wish I just could have all my family together around me at the same time. And my family, the way my family looks does not match the way my hopes and dreams for my family might look. And I think that's something that all women really want is to have that strong sense of family and togetherness with your family. And, you know, there's been more than one holiday where at 3 a.m. the morning of, I have a little crying in the front room before I, you know, before the kids get up and we all celebrate because we really want this to be a time of togetherness and love. And a lot of us don't, most of us probably don't have the images that we cherish in our hearts in a reality in our lives. So then my thought was after Angela said, it's our perspective. And I thought, okay, what can I do to change my perspective on my family during the holidays? And how can I make this a time of abundance? with the cherished family members that I do have in my life and I do care about and love. And maybe I can reach out to the ones that are harder to, you know, have in my circle right now. It sounds like you're doing a wonderful job trying to incorporate how to have those experiences for your family and for your children. And for those that you love to, for the, for maybe some of the things that you felt like you might've lacked on. That's important. It kind of, you know, that's what abundance is. It's about expanding what you believe is possible. Right. And so if we, when you're living in a, in a constant state of scarcity and we and we all get there sometimes, I feel like that's a natural feeling. We've you've all expressed and maybe some doubts or thoughts or concerns you've had specifically during these holidays. And I think that's appropriate and normal. And there's nothing that that makes you, you know, different from anyone else in that respect. But but believing what is possible is a difference if you're staying in that lane of. I can't, I don't, I won't, I should not mentality to what is possible. Anything is possible if I believe it to be so. I'd like to know how you've used your faith to help you embody the power of abundance in your life. 
Vanessa. Many years ago, we were having kind of a rough time in our family, and I was praying a lot, so fervently to know what our family needed, and specifically, specific children in my family needed. And I feel like I received very clear inspiration that our family should get involved in refugee work here in the United States. And so that is something that is really important in our family culture and that we've been doing over the years. But can I share my my holiday abundance story now? Is it too early to share my holiday abundance story? You can totally share your okay, holiday great. abundance story. Okay. So last year we were having Christmas and I'm I'm like the mindset I'm like I'm going to completely rethink Christmas like from the bottom up what's really important for our family for Christmas this year. And so there were two things we decided to do for Christmas that were going to make our Christmas really meaningful. Um and I felt inspired that first we should do homemade Christmas. So everyone in the family was making making gifts for everyone else in the family. I am not a crafty person. So this was like a huge goal for me <laughs> to help all five of my children, 15 and under, make crafts for each other. But we can do it. We can do it. And that was a really beautiful part of our Christmas. But the other idea that I felt that our family should do is we did a giving tree. In years past, I've been involved in helping resettle refugees into apartments in our community. And when we when they move into their apartment, there's so many things that they need. They need beds and pillows and blankets and pans and bowls and plates and deodorant and razors and just everything, everything. They need everything. And so having seen how much a new family needs to set up in America, I thought it would be really cool if our family could get everything one refugee family needed to set up an apartment that Christmas. So we'd give a refugee family a home for Christmas. That was our theme. We got a Christmas tree and we got all these little ornaments. And on every ornament, these little Dollar Tree ornaments, we wrote one thing that a refugee family would need to set up an apartment, a rice cooker, or a rug, or a vacuum, things like that. Everything except for furniture. I knew we could get furniture. And we put them on a tree, and we took them to our neighborhood party. We were supposed to bring a snack or a craft, but instead we brought the giving tree, and we set up our lousy little Walmart Christmas tree there in the neighborhood intersection, and we invited people to take stuff off the tree. And we are very blessed to live in the most wonderful neighborhood full of the best people. And over the course of that day, we gave away all of our giving tree ornaments except for six. Then I took the six to church the next day and got them taken care of with no problem. But that's when the magic began because over the next two weeks, we had a big bin on our front porch and it was like Santa came every single day to our house because every time the kids would walk outside, there'd be something new in the bin on the porch. And so my kids were running out there checking like 400 times a day to see if something new was in the giving tree box. And then we'd bring it inside. And at first we started stacking it next to the door, but then the stack got so big that we couldn't fit it. So finally we decided that we were just gonna put all the refugee stuff under our Christmas tree. And our Christmas tree was completely subsumed under refugee donations. And it was the most magical Christmas we've ever had. And five days before Christmas, we got to take all of our donations. We collected so many things. It was amazing. And took them down to the warehouse where they collect refugee supplies. And when we came home, there was nothing under the Christmas tree. But it was the best Christmas ever. And pretty soon we had little tiny homemade crafts under the Christmas tree. 
And that was great too. But having that perspective of all of a sudden my kids were no longer thinking about what am I getting for Christmas and all the things I want for Christmas, but oh my gosh, it's so exciting. We're getting something else for someone for Christmas completely reframed our Christmas experience. And this year, when we talk about what do we want to do for Christmas, all my kids are excited about is the giving tree. And we're making the poster for the giving tree and we're sending out a text about the giving tree and we're going to try to do an online giving tree. Everyone wants to do the giving tree. And I just love that that is the focus of our Christmas now is the joy of giving instead of what, what me, 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 me. So, I just feel so blessed by that opportunity that we had last year. It was great. What powerful gift that you're passing to your children from listening to your story is that you're teaching them that all things are possible through the mindset of abundance. And even though they weren't the ones they're receiving, they are giving to those that are in great need in an, in an answer to all things are possible. You will have everything that you need and they're providing that for them. I love that you're teaching that. And I think that that will probably be something that they take into their own families and communities. And I think that's what's so important. We can get really wrapped up and focused on the getting part, right? And as you you mentioned earlier, we have listeners from all over the world who have different challenges um, than we do, right? Meaning each of our situations are different in life. But the one thing that we all have in common is that we all have how do I say this? We all need to have the hope that all things are possible if we have enough faith in that concept. Does that make sense? Martha? Yeah. So I have really been learning this year a lot about fear versus love and transaction versus love, transactional thinking. And so my husband is really a trend watcher. So he's he just told me yesterday that they're predicting there's supposed to be a big recession right after Christmas. And so I've been thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't started shopping or done anything yet. And I I I all of a sudden I got really afraid. <laughs> like, oh no, we we don't have this in order. We don't have, we're not ready for a recession and, and we're not ready for the economy to blah, blah. And and then I just had to calm down and say, no, no, it's not about that. It's about this feeling of love that that the love of whatever you believe in, whatever higher power, I believe in Jesus Christ, but if you know, if you believe in Buddhism or Allah, there whatever it is, or just in the universe, there is something higher and bigger than us. And love is the motivating power and force, I believe, behind um everything. Um and so if you can tap into that love, and if you can have the outlook of love, um, meaning I'm going to give good for good and good for evil in every area of my life. And that even has to do with my thinking. And so maybe I have not been as good at managing my money or whatever it is. I'm not going to say, oh, no, I'm not going to freak out and think I deserve what happens to me. This is going to be so bad. I'm going to think, no, it's all going to work out as long as I'm tapping into that love. And as I'm as long as I'm willing to love others, no matter what, and to give of what I have, it's all going to manifest in every aspect of my life. And so 
And one of my favorite scriptures in my book of beliefs is that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I probably didn't quote it exactly right, but something like that. And so power and love and a sound mind. And so when things feel can feel crazy right now in the world, there's war. I mean, are we going to have World War III is going to break out any minute, right? And there's economic hardship and all of that. This feeling that as long as I, I can't be in Gaza and help all of the people that are suffering there, but I can be there for my child who I'm too busy for right now. I can choose to stop and be there for them. I can help. I can take hot bread to the neighbor across the street. Uh, and even though I can't help the people across the world, as long as I'm doing that, as long as all of us are doing that, then abundance and love will abound no matter what, because we choose to give love for love and love for evil. We break all the cycles of war and hate. And even the small things like depression and the feeling of not being worthy, I'm not enough, I, I'm ruining my children, you know, all those things that mothers feel, we, we break those cycles as well. All of it, it's all broken by this feeling of, of love and abundance. And so that's what I've been learning this year and hopefully will carry me through the, the war and the economic recession. That's so insightful. That's very powerful. I love that you put those two words together, love and abundance. Angela, did you want to say anything? Yeah, I just had the thought when Martha was talking about the fact that we're all mothers on this podcast, right? And we've all felt the multiplying effects of love, right? You have your, you have a spouse or partner and you have, you love each other immensely. And then you bring a child into the world and your love multiplies. And in my case, (laughs) I remember thinking before one of my children was born, am I going to, is there going to be enough of me to love this child? And lo and behold, there's this miracle that this kid comes into you, this baby, this little infant comes into your life and it, it keeps multiplying. Sometimes I think as women, we don't feel like this, the place where we feel the most scarcity is in ourselves, right? We feel like there's not enough of us to go around. There's not enough. We are not enough. And I realized maybe just a few years ago, it took me a long time to learn this, but one of the miracles, so my higher power is Christ as well. And one of the miracles that we read about in the New Testament is the fishes and the loaves, right? There's a few fish and a few loaves and he feeds 5,000. And when we were reading about that at Christmas time, actually, I realized that there was a new level to that miracle that I had not considered for myself. And that was that I could be made more through serving and loving other people, that what the gifts I had, or this, even the lack that I had could be multiplied. And I think it, it's, we see that, especially when we talk about how we love other people. My ability to love other people actually gets multiplied as I love them. That makes sense. Total sense, Vanessa. Totally agree. And 
I don't feel like I tied this in well with my story earlier, but what I really wanted to get to was I believe that God wants us to be happy and he wants us to have abundant meaning and purpose in our lives. And I truly think that if we ask him and tell him we want to have an abundant life, he will reveal to us what we need individually. Martha's answer and Angela's answer and my answer of what we need to see and do in our lives so that we can have joy and purpose pressed down, overflowing in our lives, that he is intimately aware of us and that he can answer our prayers and help us to find um, what we need. I love all the points that you have made. Scarcity mentality, it limits our ability or our belief of joy and love, whatever success might look like, whatever opportunities, it limits our ability to grow and our spiritual capacity. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that mindset. Everyone's situations are different. And you know, some are dealing with much more complicated issues than than others in the moment. And for some reason at this time of year, it kind of can put a, a, a microscope on it. But if if a woman, whether you're a mother or a caretaker or whatever your capacity of leadership is in your community, if you're a woman, you're you're an influencer in some way, right? And if you can understand that having an abundance mentality doesn't mean that you'll never feel sad or that you'll never have, you know, that things are going to always go your way, but that you will overcome whatever it is that's standing in your way to feel that joy, to receive that inspiration from your higher power. I love everything that you guys have said today. This is part one. And part two of our episode on abundance is going to be talking a little bit about maybe some solutions on how to feel more of that loving feeling of abundance in your life. Thank you, ladies, Vanessa, Martha, and Angela, for your time today. We look forward to picking up with our conversation in the next episode. Thank you, ladies. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.